All right. Praise the Lord. Jesus sets us free. Amen. Amen. Word of God says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And what we have discovered here is that truth is not just information, but truth is found in a person. That person's name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. When you come in relationship with Jesus, every shackle, every chain gets loosed off of your life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. As I preached earlier this year, 2010, I've been praying, I've been, I've been preaching that this is the year of epic faith. And I believe that as individuals, you will experience tremendous increase in your personal faith in this year. Amen? Amen. And as your faith grows, you will surprise yourself with the kind of steps that you take in the Lord. You will surprise others with the kinds of challenges and odds that you're willing to take on. You will move in greater authority as an ambassador of the kingdom, revealing the provisions, the resources, and the standards of heaven. Amen? Amen. Your personal faith is going to reach an all-time high. Amen. Hallelujah. And this ain't like the Dow Jones where you got to worry about ups and downs. Hallelujah. You stay in Christ, it's only up. Yes. Up, up, up. Amen. Amen. Now, but as much as personal faith is wonderful, there is something uniquely wonderful when God's people come together in agreement. That's what I want to preach on today. We is talking about corporate faith. Nice picture. Alright, hallelujah. Some corporate faith. This will not only be the year of epic personal faith, it's going to be the year of epic corporate faith. Amen? Amen. The Word of God says in Matthew 18 verse 19, If two of you on earth agree about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Jesus teaches us here about the power of corporate faith. He tells us that if two of us come in agreement about anything we ask, anything, it will be done for us. When the 120 disciples prayed in the upper room, they were praying in agreement about one thing. Jesus spoke about it. He said in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, And while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And He said, You heard from Me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the disciples heard these words. They got together and they kept praying in agreement for this promise of the Father to be poured out, for this baptism of the Spirit to come upon them. And as they prayed in agreement, a few days later on the day of Pentecost, what happened? Thank you, Faye. Uh, but before we, that's not what I want to focus on. But before we fast forward to that part, what happened, right? They were, they were in that meeting room, right? And suddenly the Holy Spirit, boom, just hit that room, shook up that room. And all those people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
started speaking in tongues, started walking around all tipsy. Hallelujah. And what I'm saying here is, in other words, Jesus, before he ascended, he taught the disciples about the importance of corporate faith. The way that the baptism of the Spirit was initially poured out was through corporate faith. The power of corporate faith is amazing. You see, it wasn't the faith of one man that shook the room. It was the faith of 120 praying in unison. Now, when you come in agreement with just one other person, there is a synergy that is much more dynamite than if you were praying by yourself or if those two people were praying about the same thing separately. There is a synergy. You know what synergy definition of synergy is? One plus one equals three. That's the definition of synergy. If you don't know what that means, go, go look it up. I don't, I don't want to get into that. But synergy is a powerful word. Hallelujah. And corporate faith is pointing towards synergy. Actually, when the disciples were first persecuted in Acts chapter 4, the first believers, they did not mobilize personal faith to persevere. Okay? They didn't say, hey, uh, go into your prayer closets, y'all. We're getting persecuted. Everybody go into your prayer closets and pray regarding this persecution. That's not what they did. They got together in one place and then they came in agreement to mobilize corporate faith. Acts chapter 4 verse 29. Turn there with me if you, if you have your Bibles open. Acts, 29, Acts chapter 4 verse 29. The disciples get together and they say, Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they had gathered was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. When they were persecuted, they mobilized corporate faith to get that increase of grace to push through. And continue to speak the word of God with boldness. That is the power of corporate faith. Somebody with me here. Amen. You can see the power of corporate faith in music. You know when an orchestra or a band. They come together. And they play music in agreement with each other. The music that is created. Together has a much more powerful dynamic. That is not possible when they play alone. You know, I'm all for solos. I'm a big jazz fan. I love solos. Solos are uniquely wonderful. But man, how empty would the music industry be if every musician focused only on their solo performances? No, it's when musicians come together. Even real talented ones, they humble themselves and they just take a background role and they come in agreement to play one song. That you hear some of the most be beautiful music being composed in the world. You see corporate faith, the power of corporate faith in sports. Golf is wonderful. But man, if I had to choose between watching hockey or going to watch golf, I'm always going to go watch the Flyers. Hallelujah. 
The Flyers are the hockey team of Philadelphia Flyers. Anyway, a big Flyers fan as I was growing up. Why would I choose hockey? Because hockey is so much, in my opinion, is so much more dynamic. Is somebody with me? All right. Where are the Canadians at? Come on, y'all. Y'all have no pride, man. Come on. Show, show some pride for your national sport. Isn't hockey your national sport? Lacrosse. All right, all right. Don't take it from him, man. He's from Montreal. Montreal is not a good uh, representative of Canada. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I like solo sports are wonderful. But there is something so special about a team coming in agreement, overcoming challenges, working through differences to unite and win a Super Bowl, a Stanley Cup, or some championship. There's something special about that. And what we see in the music and sports worlds, brothers and sisters, it's about time that the church starts coming together and mobilizing the power of corporate faith. There are things that will lay in the realm of impossibility until God's people come together in unity. Only corporate faith can access some of the moves of God that He wants to release onto this earth. Together, brothers and sisters, we can make wonderful music. Amen? Amen. Together we can win championships. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I would love to be part of a football team and win a Super Bowl. Man, something about that, man. Just, you, just watch, you just watch those players, man. After they win, they're just... <sighs> you know what? Because they, they have just given their heart and soul, their blood and sweat to win that championship. And I always thought, I always tell God, Lord, I, I want to I experience something like that. I want to win a Super Bowl. I felt like the Lord's like, you will. You're part of a team much more bigger than the Philadelphia Eagles. You're part of a dynasty much more greater than the New England Patriots. Hallelujah. And you're fighting for something of worth much more value than gold. If you look inside uh, Matthew chapter 18, our main text for today. Look at Matthew 18 verse 19. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 is actually Jesus teaching about the dynamics of corporate faith. And I'll show you what I mean by that. Look at Matthew 18, right? Verse 19 says, Again, I say to you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now look at the verse right after. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. There am I among them. Now, does that mean where one is gathered, where one is alone in his name, that he ain't going to be there? No, that's not, that's not the truth that is being taught here. Okay? But what Jesus is teaching is, where two or three are gathered in my name, my presence will be there in a very special and unique way. In a dynamic that is not present when you are just meeting the Lord alone. And there's something precious about meeting the Lord alone. And there's something uniquely dynamic and wonderful about meeting the Lord 
together. You know, there are some of y'all in here and your faith has been very weak. You don't, you don't really cultivate a personal prayer life. You don't meet the Lord in your prayer closet. This, this whole past week, or in fact, this whole past year, you haven't had a quiet time once. You haven't opened up the scriptures. You haven't prayed alone. But you walk into this sanctuary and you feel like you're meeting God. You're meeting God. Why? Because there is that special presence that comes when God's people gather together in His name. And you know, you know what? We don't mind that you get blessed by this. Even if you have no personal prayer life of your own. We hope that you will develop your personal prayer life. Because let me tell you right now, it is wonderful. It is powerful. You will not be shaken and confused and tossed about like a wave in the seas. If only you will develop your own personal walk. But I'm telling you, hallelujah. A lot of the corporate dynamic that goes on here with worship and prayer, is a result of the overflow of people's private prayer lives. Hallelujah. They're already meeting the Lord. They don't come to the church to worship. They come to church worshiping. They don't come here to pray. They come here praying. Hallelujah. And you know what? Even if, 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 if you don't have a very strong personal prayer life, we just continue to welcome you in here. Experience the presence of God. Get a taste of how good and, good and wonderful He really is. And then we encourage you. Go into your prayer closet and dig. Because how great is the love of God. Now, verse 20 talks about the presence, the special presence of God that comes when people come together corporately. But look at verse 18. There's something that many people have missed. Look at verse 18. It says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, and I'm going to use the uh, footnote translation here, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. This is what I taught on last week. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. And I talked about last week how heaven is our standard, our standard for relationships, our standard for provision. Heaven is our standard for what the kingdom of God looks like here on earth. And we look to heaven and we pray heaven down to earth. And when we bind and we loose, we bind and loose not according to just some whim you have. You bind and loose as you look at heaven and you see if, if, if cancer is bound in heaven, then you bind it here on earth. If joy is being loosed in heaven and freedom is loosed in heaven, that's what we were doing earlier. We loose it here on earth. But did you know that Jesus here, he's talking about corporate faith? Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. This is something my, my wife pointed out and then I started pondering and then I remembered the lesson that God had been teaching me. Matthew 16, 19. Look at this. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Deja vu. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Does it not sound almost verbatim to what you just read? But it's different. You might be like, Pastor Christian, how is this different? Okay, and this is where, hallelujah, studying Greek comes in handy. Right, Marcus and Milma? Amen? Man, they didn't like Greek, you can tell that. They did not like, they just had a, a month of intensive Greek this past month. Fantastic, hallelujah. But sometimes you got to search the Greek to get to the deeper meanings. 
In Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, when God, Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth, that you is the Greek singular form. It's talking about you as an individual, you personally, you by yourself, you, you. But when you go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, Jesus says, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, there he's saying is the Greek plural. In other words, Jesus said, which doesn't get translated into English, but if you had a Spanish version, it would be translated, ustedes. Or if you had an Ebonics version of the Bible, you would see y'all. Whatever y'all bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. Whatever y'all loose on earth, it will be loose in heaven. We understand. We thought it was the same thing, but obviously you studied Greek. It's different, right? And what Jesus is teaching us here in Matthew 18, 18, the verse right before our main text, verse 19, right? What Jesus is teaching us is, whatever y'all bind corporately, hallelujah, according to the standards of heaven, will be bound on earth. There is a corporate faith binding and loosing. Oh, hallelujah. That I'm still learning what even all that means. Praise the Lord. But it's powerful. It's a different dynamic than when one person does it. But Jesus, all throughout here, he's teaching us about corporate faith. You know, there's somebody who hates corporate faith. He's the devil. He hates corporate faith. He's all about divide and conquer. He's all about isolation. He's all about the wanta spirit. Get you all by yourself. Feeling all lonely, abandoned. Nobody wants to help you. Look, you've been hurt before. You don't want to be ever hurt again. Don't you ever open up again. Look, you are a burden. You're just a burden to society. You're a burden to your family. You're a burden to this church. And he, sh- he tells you these lies. To get you to walk on the power of your own personal faith. And you know what? For those who have that grace, man, God bless you. Some of y'all have a measure of faith that is very strong. And you will persevere. But for, for, for the rest of us, people who don't have that, man, y'all need to plug in to the power of corporate faith. And what, what Satan hates is he hates corporate faith. That's why when the ten spies were sent out by Moses to scope out the promised land, when the guys who came back with the bad report came, Satan made sure that that bad report got spread among the entire camp. Why? Because that negative report killed the corporate faith of the Israelites. And without this corporate faith, that first generation failed to enter the promised land. Somebody with me here. If that covenant promise to go in the promised land was dependent on personal faith then they would have gotten in because Moses had it, Joshua had it Caleb had it, they would have gone in but no brothers and sisters it was corporate faith that God was looking to and because of this bad report, because of this idle talk, because of this gossip and slander Satan killed the corporate faith of the Israelites and they failed to enter the promised land now, I don't, I don't know about you, but 
I don't want to spend my life. I do not want to spend my Christian life wandering around in the desert. I do not want to hear about the promised land but fail to enter it. I want to go in. I want to step in. And wherever there's a Jordan River, I'm believing God to part that Jordan River. Hold that Jordan River back. Wherever there's a Jericho wall and there's enemies threatening me, I'm saying, I ain't afraid of that. We still going into the promised land. If we're going to go into the promised land, New Philadelphia, we need the corporate faith of this church to rise. Because I'm telling you, the persecutions, the challenges, they're going to rise. New levels come, new devils. Hallelujah. We got to come in agreement, brothers and sisters, and we got to pray together. Pray that God's kingdom and His will be done. His will in heaven be done here on earth. We got to come in agreement. We got to see that corporate faith solidify and strengthen and grow. And when corporate faith grows within a church, that's when newcomers, visitors, they just step into the sanctuary and they get slammed by the power of God. They just walk in. Oh, I heard a lot about this church. You know, and they're not living for the Lord. They've been kind of backslidden. They're doing things they know they shouldn't. They've been kind of living out of their own flesh, out of their own soul. They walk in. And then they just stand there. And before they can belt out a single note of the praise song, they just start crying. <laughs> Nobody lay hands on them. Nobody preach to them. They just start crying. <laughs> That's the power of corporate faith. When our corporate faith in this church grows, we will come to an hour where we're going to see that every single week. We're going to see people come in and get convicted of their sins. And repent and cry, get healed, delivered when our corporate faith grows. And you know what? There's a prophecy about that. That we will see that day. When people that haven't been with our church for four, five, six months, they just come one time and they're going to get that blessing. They get to reap the, the benefits of everything that we have sown. You might be, well, that's not fair. First will be last, the last shall be first. It's a kingdom principle. Get over it. The guy who works all day long going to get the same wage as a person who just worked one hour at the end of the day. This is a principle in the kingdom. It's a principle of grace. Because even if we sow, 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 when it comes down to it, it's all based on grace. So we can't get upset at people. But how, why would we get upset, man? If people come in, they haven't been with us for more than a week. And they just get smacked by the power of God. And they're like, I didn't know, I didn't know God was like this, man. He's good. Well, hallelujah, brother. I will know in my heart that that's the result of corporate faith rising in this church. Bill Johnson, he calls this the cl cluster bomb effect. He says, Corporate faith pulls on heaven in marvelous ways. And His world becomes manifest all around us. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, there is power in corporate faith. And I'm telling you this year, man, our corporate faith is going to rise. 
has already been rising. I'm talking about we rising. We rising to new levels, to new heights. We're going to take on new challenges, new assignments at greater levels of authority, greater levels of government. It's going to require a greater character as well. It's going to require greater patience. Hallelujah. Pray for your pastor. I could use some patience over here. Man, I've I've been, I've been losing out sometimes. Pray for me. Hallelujah. I receive that. <laughs> now, we, we over here, we have, um, we have these prayer meetings. Some people ask us, man, why, why are y'all so focused on prayer? Why are y'all so focused on prayer? Why is it all about prayer? Why y'all got to pray all loud and make me all uncomfortable? And man, oh, man, I just want to come after the prayer time, man. I just, why y'all pray so much? Well, well, Jesus said my house will be called a house of prayer, one thing. So prayer is a norm that the Satan has tried to steal out from the church. And we're just restoring it to its rightful place. We're supposed to pray. Hallelujah. I mean, if I had it my way, we pray a lot longer. And sometimes I do have it my way on Sundays. And the service goes a little too long. And then I feel a little bad for the people who ain't able to handle that. So we, we, you know, we, we keep it to two topics. But hallelujah. We're supposed to pray. But what's, what's all this prayer about? Friday fire, why you gotta pray? Sunday swim, why you gotta pray again? Joint prayer meeting once a month, why y'all gotta get together and pray? What's, why can't y'all just get together and eat? Why can't y'all just get together and have fun? Why can't, why is it about prayer? Well, I believe these prayer movements, God is placing all of them there to raise up corporate faith. I'm telling you, as we flow together, man, it just flows a lot more easily. You can come to 50 of our Sunday services. And you know what? In some ways, you will still feel left out. You will be apathetic to the life of our church if you do not come out and plug into corporate faith through prayer. You know, I don't want this for you. I want every single one of you to experience the increase of corporate faith. Because in this year, we is going up. We's going to rise up. Faith, corporate faith, even the school this past, past week. Man, I honor Rob for coming and serving us. You know, we thank Jesus, but we honor, we honor Rob. Because even through the school, God was raising the corporate faith. I know not everybody in here was at the school, but I'm telling you, the people that were at the school, they are going to end up blessing you. Because there's a momentum. There's a, there's a flow that is flowing. And you're just going to be talking to them over dinner. It's just going to bless you. You're going to get to school. While you're eating your kimchi chicken, you're going to get to school too. Corporate faith. The power of corporate faith. Brothers and sisters, let's win some championships. Let's make some beautiful music. Let us pray. Lord Father, we just thank you so much for the amazing work of grace that you are doing in this house. And Lord God, it is my prayer that every person that's sitting here today 
that's looking for a church that they will plug into the corporate faith that you are raising up. They will plug into the life of this church that they don't have to feel left out. They don't have to go about feeling apathetic and different about what's going on with the events at this church. What's going on spiritually. But Lord, that they will tap in and they will love the dynamic. They won't just be an audience member watching the orchestra, but they will get up in that orchestra, grab an instrument and start playing away. And in the beginning, they may not sound so good, but hallelujah, Lord. We thank you that the corporate faith is louder than one person's just, uh, you know what? You know that, what I'm talking about, Lord. Yeah, Lord, hallelujah. Just thank you for this word. May this word go deep into each person. And as personal and corporate faith grows in 2010, we're trusting you, God. For incredible kingdom, incredible king's dominion manifestations being poured out on the earth. Freedom, healing, we thank you Lord for what you're doing here. We pray that even through the podcast this message will go out to the churches of the nations Lord. and then. In our humble way, we want to be a blessing to the churches all over the world. Corporate faith, rise up in your church. Whoever you are listening to this podcast, corporate faith will rise up in your church. You go in with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, raise up the prayer movement at your church, and you will see corporate faith rising up, and you will see God moving, not just individually, but collectively, and your church will enter its promised land. I speak it out. I bless you. And I bless this congregation here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.